morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Mega Shane, your podcast for everything gay and geeky from a queer black perspective. Uh, I'm Nick. And I'm Victor. And Tony, Tony, Tony was lying because apparently it does rain in Southern California. Um, it's yeah. been raining all over the place. It was raining for no reason here. I feel like since November, we just had rain on rain on rain. But today, y'all was y'all was cold and you know fifty degrees, so y'all was cold. Like, it was cold. You know, it was cold. People don't know how to drive when it's raining. We had hail. We had, Didn't y'all have like snow? Yeah, we had snow. Um, we can see it. I can see it. If y'all were in my office, you can see. Well, you can't see it now. That's it's gone. From the mountains, but you can see on the mountains, you can see like the snow caps and stuff at one point. So uh, let me see. You might be able to see. So you well, you really can't from here, but from out there, you can see the wind blowing. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's windy out there. It's windy out here. But that's good. You know, it's just getting all these leaves out of the way and the sun is out. So that means people are gonna be out all weekend. And it's WonderCon weekend. Yes, it um, is. It's WonderCon weekend. Uh, PAX East is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lexington's Comic Con is happening. So, con season is in full fucking swing. Really? Um, I'm excited. Uh, I know yet tomorrow I'm going. Me, the boyfriend, and a friend of ours, we're all going to go. I'm being, I'm dressing up. I'm doing a cosplay as Scar. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go into enter a contest, a cosplay contest. So, I'm excited about that. Um, I know the voice actor of Wolverine from the animated series is going to be at our con. Mm -hmm. And also the three guys who did uh, that were on Blue's Clues, which I'm excited about. But other than that, you know, I'm going to get drunk and, you know, sashay my little uh, gay ass all up and through that uh, center. What girl? I did I, I did I tell you about this wig that I have? Yeah, like it's a double stack wig that I had somebody put my tinsel in it so it can shine a little bit, mm-hmm. then get that mega sheen shine. Oh, come on. Um, yeah. And I, I bought like a uh, a walking cane that has a lion's head on it. Mm-hmm. I got like a little thing that's like a I don't know what the fuck they call it, yeah, a bro. little doodad. Mm-hmm. That's also a lion. I'm maybe <laughs> it's gonna be cute. It's gonna be real fucking cute. Well, you have to take pictures and post them. He's gonna have on his Jetta wig, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, what I used to love. That's the thing I used to love about Jetta was that big ass hair that she had. I was like, that's some hair. But it started like way back here, and she had like all of this forehead. Yeah, which I mean, I didn't mind, but. She that was a lot of hair. That was a whole lot of hair for her. Yeah, we're not gonna go down a jam thing, but you know, if we have, right, <laughs> it's so easy to because you think again to, to talk about the fashions, the hair, the the artist who I still I would love to have just a portrait done by the artist of the of the dolls. Mm-hmm. They used to give me life looking at those you know images, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm just feeling it all. But um, anyway. How how are you? Well, I know you got WonderCon coming up. 
Yeah, I have a panel on um, Sunday. We're going to be talking about horror films. And also we're going to be promoting our um, book that we are working on. We're working on a Black queer anthology. Um, and we are very excited about that. We have some we have some great um, submissions, but we want to we have plenty of them so we can really, you know, have some maybe not just for this book, but also for the future book. So mm-hmm. we're going to be recruiting and talking to people there. And it's, you know, it's going to be really fun. I, I don't dress up, but I do wear, you know, a little geeky shirt. I have a lot of them. So I have a Jean Grey one and a Wonder Woman one. Um, and another one I'm trying to think of, I might wear that I, I can't remember which one I bought. So I need to look at if I'm going to do the Jean Grey one or I'm going to do the Wonder Woman one. I might do the Wonder Woman one because it's the newest and I like, really like that one. Um, right. but it's going to be fun. We're, we're going to be there on Sunday. Um, and as Nick said, it's full on con season, it's happening, PAX is happening, everything is happening. So mm-hmm. pretty soon, um, San Diego will happen, and I've not heard of anything that's supposed to be debuted there, but... There's rumors, so we'll talk We'll talk about those rumors a little bit more in depth at another time, but the rumors will be a little bit more about the DC stuff, um, <sighs> but also... <laughs> But also a little bit more about what Marvel has because you know they can't they've been a little quiet, but we're gonna tell you why. But we'll get into that a little bit, you know? right? Uh, well, they've been quiet for a reason. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. speaking of shirts, didn't I did I tag you in that gym shirt that had like their whole tour? Yeah, that yeah. shirt was really cute. Yeah, and I think that was at Comic Con last year. Oh really? I think so. It has like a tour, like in the back. Or was it the Misfits? Somebody has a tour thing on the back, and I, uh-huh. I, I want to say I have to look that up, but I want to say that was, no, that was a jam shirt. The Misfits had a separate shirt, but I okay. want there were. I have to look it up, but I've seen that shirt and I've seen some. Um, oh my God! They, I think it's Red Bubble or somebody has they took they've taken took ugh, I can't talk today. They have took the box art and have put mm-hmm. it in shirts now. So I'm just like I'm. I'm oh, okay. Like the There's ones a- that had like the truly outrageous with uh, Jim and Rio and that they were in their glitter and gold costumes. I think. Yeah. So this like well they have like that's the the shirt that has like that main poster. That's mm-hmm. out, but now you can get like Raya, like like the one like when you bought the doll, that box art, they have a Raya shirt. And I was like, Child, don't, don't give me a reason. My closet so, is already overfilling. No, and I was they, they have Raya and they have, I think Kimber and a few others, not all of them, but the minute they get that's gonna be a problem. <laughs> that's gonna be a problem. Right. I'm already trying to declutter my closet right now. Shit. So I'm like the real one. I have a friend, you know, a friend of mine who, of course, they're Latinx, but they were like, I'm getting that shirt in like three different colors because it's Raya. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. once if, you know, Shayna, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. So, right. yes. Well, speaking of a lot, we've got to get into Aunt May's tea because we got some heavy shit to cover. Yeah. 
And we're just going to go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off and get into it. So, Kentucky, you know, home of the liquor and the bluegrass and horses, and home of one of the, no, the worst anti-trans bill in the nation, passed last week uh, by the Senate in the House. So SB 150, so let me tell you how they did it first. So prior to the Senate coming together, uh, the, what was it, H, HB 470 and HB 150, the, the drag bill were uh, had passed the House, mm-hmm. which we knew they were going to pass the House because Republicans have a majority on the House and the Senate in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they passed the House and they were doing debating, yada, yada, yada. Um, and there was a only a certain matter of days they had to debate before the session ended. And whenever the session ended, any kind of bills that did not get resolved were just dead. So the following day, the uh, the drag bill was dead, mm-hmm. and the uh, I think the the anti the anti trans bill was also dead. But then, in like the eleventh fucking hour, one of the um, lawmakers took the basically made an amendment to one of the bills and put it in a, like an omnibus bill, which mm-hmm. they usually do and state and federal uh, legislation and amended the anti-trans bills to all of these other bills. And they didn't allow, the only uh, debate they allowed was like up to one minute. And I think it was so far away in a different room that by the time you got to it, you couldn't speak. So they did some really fucking shady ass shit to make sure there was nobody debating this. So long story short, they passed it. And in this bill, it calls for doctors to medically detransition uh, trans minors while they're in care. Mm-hmm. It allows teachers to misgender students, uh, bans uh, trans students from using the bathrooms to match their genders, bans any discussion or mention of sexual orientation or gender identity in classroom discussions as well as um, any kind of discussion when it comes to STIs or um, uh, periods, anything like that. Now, uh, as of today, which is the 24th of March, Governor Bashir, who is a Democrat, vetoed the bill. But because the Republicans have a supermajority, the Republicans can override the governor's veto. Now, uh, the ACLU is also going to sue mm-hmm. the state because this bill is so dangerous. And um, I know one of the lawmakers, uh, the Democratic uh, lawmakers, she lost uh, her child who was trans to suicide. Mm-hmm. And she was like, do not pass this bill. And what kind of sick fuck do you have to be to say, I don't give a damn about you or your child that you lost. I'm going to pass this bill 
in this greater pursuit of protecting children, which it really fucking doesn't. I just, I, I really, I'm so over these Republicans saying, oh, this is for the betterment of the children, when history has repeatedly shown us y'all don't give a good goddamn about anybody's children, mm-hmm. not even your fucking own. Um, like, just for instance, why is free food or free lunches such an issue? Like, you want to criminalize children for um, being poor, mm-hmm. or you want to criminalize women for having an abortion, but God forbid if we criminalize Viagra which are limp ass dicks that can't get fucking hard, it would be World War fucking three. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm so over these people. It's and on honestly, this is COVID should have did more to take out these badass people. I'm sorry. I know that is nasty, but she didn't kill enough uh, of these assholes for me. The the interesting thing is how history has shown, as you were saying, when they when any place goes so extreme, it backfires. It usually gets it gets turned over. It gets proven mm-hmm. constitutional, and it also gets you voted out. What I feel like they keep forgetting, and and sadly, I was you know I always make the joke because you know Olivia Pope was technically a, a Republican strategist. Mm-hmm. But um, but when you think about it, it's like there's nobody telling them like y'all keep going this route, you will lose. And it's funny because what's her name? Nikki is over. Is Nikki over there? No, she's in South Carolina. But Nikki Haley. Yeah, she talked about it was something she said that was interesting, but it made sense. She was like, the oh, like what we're doing now isn't really working. We're gonna have to really change and do some stuff and even though i don't really give a damn about her that's something they do need to think about is they keep going this extreme it's just going to keep them out once people get up to the like once they realize like oh i need to vote right Um, and with gen z becoming more aware thank god (laughs) of what it is to vote because at first they were just playing now they realize like oh crap we could actually do something this is going to push them out because the funny thing is, regardless of the fact that these are like, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky, these type of places, there are growing numbers of people, change, you know, a little bit more elevated than what these, you know, what we've been used to in those, in those areas. So it's like now for them to keep doing stuff like that, you ba- they are basically saying, we're just still in our own death warrant <laughs> because we're like, one, right. Just like- one, you know, they Th- get this... new candidates in. It's it's uh-huh. gonna flip that all over, or the courts are gonna, you know, say like, no, it's not gonna work, and it's gonna be all for naught. So that's why I'm just like, it's so ridiculous to even go that route. But when you really can't articulate the real reasons why, it's really not about the children. It can't be because when you are when you're pushing them towards suicide and you're pushing them towards depression because of uh-huh. these laws, you're not helping anybody at all. And you, what you're doing is you're hurting businesses too, because people will be like, well, we ain't gonna live here no more. We're gonna move. We're gonna go over there to wherever this other state that's allowed in Minnesota. Like, you know, we're gonna go over to, I'll be up here in LA, you know? <laughs> so it's gonna be right. like, we're gonna leave and go somewhere where we're allowed to be. Um, and it changes the demographic to a point where it's like that, because to be honest, 
the Southern demographic that we've been aware of and used to is dying. That's dying. Right. Uh, and so it's going to soon be us, but also if you want to throw in some capitalism in there, CEOs are realizing that it's cheap to be in Kentucky. It's cheap to be in Tennessee. Hell, they already recognize that with Atlanta. That's why a lot of Hollywood is over there. Sooner or later, they're going to be like, the land is cheap, the place is cheap. We're going to go over there and guess who's coming? The, uh -huh. the liberals, everybody they hate. And then that's going to flip and change everything else. And then you're going you're to really hear them talk about how America is not what it used to be. So overall, this is ridiculous. This is really foolish. And I I believe that it's going to be overturned or found uh, unconstitutional. unconstitutional. Yeah, it's it's like uh, like with the the anti the the drag bill, mm -hmm. they were saying that no drag could be performed um, like a hundred yards or so uh, by a park, a residential area, a church, um, a library. So if you're familiar with downtown Lexington, mm -hmm. the bars that do drag are fucking next to a library, a park, a church, and a residential area. So that would effectively wipe out, that would have wiped out drag in downtown Lexington. Mm -hmm. And I know that drag pulls a lot of money in the downtown Lexington's nightlife. So you effectively cut them off. You're going to see buildings go up for sale. You're going to see um, people going out of work. It's just like these people don't think about the uh, economic uh, issue. And as far as I know, some people that live in these always blue states think, oh, well, I would never move to Kentucky. I would never do this. Or, you know, go to a red state. I was like, okay, well, that's good. But don't think that these kind of laws can make it to there. Like, I, I I, think some people get so privileged when they're living in California or New York or wherever the case may be that they come, become kind of immune to what everybody else is doing like it's the same thing where um people who people who live in a red state and the state goes red and people are like oh what are y'all doing over in that state like there's no kind of activism going on as far as any kind of democratic uh activism like we're just kind of sitting around just waiting for them to take all of our rights away and it's just it's exhausting yeah. when people do that. But it's this is not the end of these anti-trans bills. I want people to realize that the overturning of Roe v. Wade was just the beginning of them attacking women, attacking trans people, attacking black folks, which they have already been doing. Uh, attacking anybody that is not a cisgender straight white man. Mm -hmm. And the funny and thing, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say the interesting thing, though, the funny thing about all of that is, um, you know, they set these these cases up 
you know, to be like, they're bogus, but they do set them up just to see what will happen when it goes to the Supreme Court in order to uh -huh. these down. So that's why when you sometimes see them, you just like what? And when it go, the, the goal is for some of them to go to Supreme Court in order to kind of break them down. But the other thing that I was going to mention, which is you know when I think about when they <laughs> the it, it's just kind of interesting how they keep they keep forgetting that at the end of the day, the world changes. It's changing in a direction that they're just not ready for. And it it, it just makes no sense for them to keep going that route, but they, they still do it. And something that you just said that, you know, for those of us who live in states like California will have, we should be aware of the dangers of that because we have Prop 8. We the moment that we had Obama, you know, in the house, Prop Eight passed, and I remember uh -huh. I, I was here. I, you know, I moved here in two thousand seven. So when I got here, um, of course, it was like a revelation of like, wow. So this is where we are. We had to fight tooth and nail to get, you know, to take that out, to get that out. Um, uh -huh. And, and you know for gay marriage and for all that type of stuff or uh, marriage equality, but we had that that literally came and happened right up in the state in the city. Uh -huh. So we were you know, and it's really funny. We that people keep forgetting that no, that happened here. That literally happened here. That flipped. That changed a lot of things, and it also stirred up racism too towards us. Um, but at the same time, it was an eye opener that we're not even safe. So uh -huh. bring up a good point. We're not safe in this battle either. We're exactly. It's just just leave fucking people alone. I, I I'm just exhausted. Like every day, it is something else that these people are just trying to take away. And again, if it was just if it was a uh, Viagra, um, Guns. right, it would just be, oh, you're trying to take away this, oh, and I, I, it, the irony is not lost on me that people say, oh, get out of my body, or my body, my choice, when it comes to COVID, but then want to basically see it tell a woman that she has to keep a kid in all terms no matter uh if she is impregnated by incest by rape it's just so hypocritical and so i, I don't even know if i have the word it's it's a fucking lie yeah well, let's not stop there because we got to, you know, Uganda's back, you know, it's the right. mid 2000s again when you think about it. Um, right. And these are, these are not one-off type of things. These two things, I think, are inherently related to one another. Mm -hmm. So uh, Uganda's parliament passed one of the harshest anti-gay laws in the world. And it's said to be uh, signed with their president. It says uh, 
the crimes for being gay uh, include penalties for up to 20 years in prison and in some instance, death. And the death penalty can be invoked for cases involving, quote unquote, aggravating homosexuality that describes sex acts committed with or without consent or under duress uh, involving incest against children with people with mental or physical uh, disabilities. Yeah. Now, some interesting history behind these anti-gay laws that have been going through Uganda. Um, according to a, a article that was posted on The Guardian, the Alliance Defending Freedom, which is based here in the United States, has been behind all of the anti-LGBTQ legislation and has helped push the Kill the Gays bills in Africa. Mm -hmm. And do you remember, uh, have you ever seen the docuseries on Netflix called The Family? Yeah, I remember that. So do you remember when they were always talking about the National Prayer Breakfast and the Democratic and Republican presidents always go to those? And up to this year, it was put on by the fellowship uh, or whatever they call the family. They have also helped push all of these anti-LGBTQ bills. And also they have a long-standing history with Uganda. Mm -hmm. So these two things, like the anti-trans bills that are sweeping the nation, this anti-gay law in Uganda, um, I know there are other anti-gay laws that are going throughout different uh, parliaments and countries, legislatures. These are not isolated incidents. These are all related. Yeah, And I need people to realize that. In fact, um, it's funny because um, I tweeted this the other day. Me and a friend of mine, Alvin, who who does a lot of you know work about you know gays and well, <laughs> <laughs> he does a lot of reporting about you know anti hate bills and stuff like that. We were talking about like back way back. We used to be blog, you know, back when blogging was a big thing. We were. We were pretty good at blogging, you know, and we look back at our old tweets, like in 09, um, about when Uganda was really doing this. And a lot of the things that they were trying to do um, are happening now. In fact, they had this same bill um, with some tweaks in and out that was banned because it was too much and it didn't okay. pass. Like, I can't remember if it was 09 or uh, 2020 2012 it was around that time they had similar bills and stuff kill the gays bill was a big thing that we were talking about back at that time and they just kind of brought that dusted right off and brought it right back and it it reminds me of on a side note why i sometimes get upset with certain progressives is because you can easily dust off a bill and put it back on the table because you know our enemies do it all the time <laughs> they will be uh -huh. like wrote this bill back in you know 2001 and we just added more hateful stuff to it here it is and i'm just like you know they keep going they keep going until eventually it gets through so what uganda has done is basically kind of brought back those old bills but also uh they 
you know, they still have some of that money from Russia. They still have some of that money that we were giving. A lot of the money that um, the U.S., you know, the U.S. right or, you know, the Christian right, uh-huh. they put money into that. And there's a lot of great documentaries about these particular people. If y'all remember Nam, y'all remember them? Um, they were very pivotal in a lot of that mess. So, you know, I would say go back and look at a lot of the stuff that was happening back in the in the mid 2000s or the early 2000s you can kind of between like 2006 um all the way down to now but you can kind of look at the history of what they were doing and you're right they were doing it's like they find that niche of time to bring all that right back uh-huh went through the anti-trans stuff back then at the same time so a lot of this stuff is just coming back it's just being recycled and recycled um and it's really it's fascinating because it's like we shouldn't be caught well you know with our pants down in the way of like here it is we should be like no we know it's coming we should be like he was sydney prescott like i knew it's gonna happen you know Thank right God. right we need to be prepared for that you know what i mean like again like you know like a Lori strode like bitch we got this we set up ready for michael to come back we need to be uh-huh. set up for stuff like this when stuff comes back and should not let it get so far now uganda we cannot that's a hard thing to manage and control we can't really do anything about that to a degree to a degree um we can stop doing business or supplying aid from our country if they ever need it we could be like hell we ain't giving you nothing until you drop right. that. but when it comes to stuff in our country we can do we can do a lot and that's why i would say to some of our progressive people who are always talking, we will need your voices and your legislation to get out there and be like, oh no, we're gonna get out here and stop you all if we need to fight that fight because it's not easy to do. It takes money and power. And for those who got that voice, that's uh-huh. what we need you the most. So hopefully, you know, as we continue to see this stuff happen and happen and happen, that we have more warriors and people out there fighting to stop this um but also educate people about why it's very dangerous because i don't exactly only people understand that this could be your kid this could be your cousin this can be your nephew niece that this may affect are you going to put them through it because you want to you know own one on us you know you know are you going to allow that to happen what what does family mean to you if you're going to let somebody in your family go through this type of hell Right. And this uh, along the same point, do you remember, I want to say, was it back in 2016 or prior to the presidential election? Like folks were saying um, stuff about, oh, we need court reform. We need court reform. And now Mm -hmm. we need it more than ever. Like that uh, judge down in Texas that's supposed to be um, deciding that uh, uh, abortion pill, mm-hmm. like they court, they shopped around until they found a, a a judge that was favorable for them. Yeah, and yeah. then another thing, like if if abortion, if y'all knew that Roe v. Wade was endangered of being overturned, why didn't y'all codify abortion rights 
way back when, not till not in when there's a four alarm fire. And you're like, oh, I'm going to call the fire. Like, I'm like, Biden, it, it just seems like Democrats, by and large, are always playing, oh, uh, they're always a, a day late and a dollar short. Well, really quick on that, one of the reasons why they couldn't is because of the fact of how the House, the, the majority of who had what and what power. Um, so I think it came down to, it comes down to Congress, and I think that's one of the reasons, which is why it was semi-important to try to get more of the majority to do so. So the, that part, I don't know if we, like Biden could only do so much if Congress is going to do that or have whatever it to the fuck they're gonna do yeah yeah so it's like whatever comes to the table which is why i would say for everybody we have to get that majority so they can do those things we, we it, it's not that they couldn't do or they didn't want to do it they couldn't and i think that's why we have to make sure that as we get that majority in there we can do those type of things but again i always want to you know you know me i'm always like the biggest voices in the room i'm like but y'all were sitting right there so what were y'all doing at right that? so don't be trying to say I, I always hate when certain democrats will say democrats need to do this. like aren't you a democrat aren't you sitting in the room it's, it's like about Nita Turner. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few i'm always like I need y'all to stop. Like if I, and it's funny because I don't mean to, like somebody asked me like, you just don't like us. I'm like, like us, I am you. But I, I I need some, I'm I'm Gen X. We talk shit, we do shit. That's how I am. I'm not this, I'm gonna tell you something and then sit back and be like, okay. Mm -hmm. No, you gotta be able to do something. You can't talk about it. You gotta have a plan for it. And then all that, that's what sometimes gets me lit is the fact that they're they don't never have a plan. It's a big talk. But when you ask, like, what are you gonna do about it? Well, mm -hmm. that's when so I was like, no, 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 no. You brought it to the table because you know how we are, especially black folks. We like you gonna bring something to the table. That meant you had a plan. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, then you're gonna bring it to the table. What is your plan? And, you know, we need people to get in there and be like, if you're going to talk to talk, that's fine. But talk and walk. So what what you what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do? Because, um, you know, most of us, you know, our mamas will be like, okay, you got a plan. What you going to do? You going to the prom? How are you going to pay? You got McDonald's money? Like... Yeah. You want a car? Where Where's your half? Insurance. How are you going to pay it? That's... That's the question. That's all. That's all I am. I'm your mom. I'm. I'm gonna be that person. Like, okay, so, okay, I'm, I'm waiting. Where's your? Where's the file? What's the plan? What are we gonna do? Uh -huh. We ain't going to. You can't tell me going to Disney World, and we and you ain't told me when. What are we gonna do? Where are we staying? You you gotta have that type of stuff ready. So you know, for those of y'all who want these changes, make sure that y'all get the people who can make it happen. You know, not just tell you about it. Uh -huh. make, Make it happen. So you know, and start you know. local. This shit, yeah. like it, you have to start local because if you only vote, and I understand that people are getting disillusioned with the Democrats. I get because yeah. there are sometimes where I'm like, yeah, I get it. But if you don't, then 
they the Republicans win by default. So yeah. and you have to start local because you know go to when we went to City Hall, uh, we went to a, a city council meeting uh, talking about the the anti uh, drag bill. Mm -hmm. uh, gang of girls was up in Geesh, uh walking around saying, you know, this is affect this is going to affect my livelihood, like me directly. If they had passed those drag bills, we would have to find another state to live in and mm -hmm. that we were not in a position to move. So mm -hmm. that shit, like I said, you have to start local because those city council meetings matter. Um, you can see where all that money is being allocated because they have, I know for my city council meeting, they have to tell you which and every penny is going which in every place. Uh yeah. Yeah, and you and that's good. And you know, some places you can watch it on TV and get your notes together before you go. They have it on TV. Yep. Go do it because you because you know, again, you know, some old black folks are the ones they I learned it from my grandma and them. They will they will be watching it and they'll be telling you, like, look what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. Watch it. So when you want to go down there, you'd be like, well, didn't you say last week that we had so and so and so and so? And you're right, you have to start local. But also, y'all got to support the ones who are doing the work. You know what I'm saying? Like when they are running again and you know they doing the work, get out there and vote for them because if you don't, we're losing. So you got to get out there and get them, keep them in office, you know, like, like Lauren Underwood, keep people like that in office. Cause they, you know, she, I love what she gets on Twitter. She'd be like, um, I passed 10 bills. Right. She got like, oh, I passed like 4,000 bills. And I'm like, damn girl. <laughs> and she does it. So it's so cute though. She was like, my bill is so-and-so. And, and it'd be bills that matter. You know what I mean? Not like naming a library. It'd be like real right. bills. I'm like, that's the type of people we want. Somebody who'd be like, you know, I got in here to do something and I'm doing it. But I love how she gets on there because she's she's not just talking. She's like, she'll do it like we needed to have money for this and my bill gave us the money to do it. I'm like, that's how you do it. That's oh, how like the, uh, the what's the governor, uh, I think in Michigan? Uh, Governor um, Gretchen Whitmire. Yeah, they have like a a trifecta. They got the uh, governor, this House, and the Senate, and they're passing all kinds of shit up there. And Governor was like, "If baby, if you need a place to live, uh, matter up here, we got your back." I was like, "Now, Governor, do you have a job for me? Do you have a place <laughs> to stay? Because if that's the team, then I move my black ass right up there." Well, you know, people are moving like to Detroit and they're moving all up in there um, and people enjoy some Michigan. It's not bad, though. I mean, it's cold, but it's not that's cold. the only thing. I was like, oof, that's old, baby. You better get you, uh, you, better get you um, a Dominique Devereaux first. Right. Give <laughs> <laughs> me a good old uh, faux fur. Yeah, going there in Target like, ooh, it's cold out here. And we would just be uh, next to Chicago and right near the border of Canada. Mm -hmm. So think about it. Well, y'all, we didn't mean to go down a political route, but this, it, but it's very important because this affects us, and we got to be careful, got to be ready. And you know, a lot of us are still down in the southern states, um, so we do need to be prepared because you ain't safe in Georgia. We ain't safe in L.A. <laughs> right. Everybody like, thinks that uh, Georgia is just Atlanta. I'm like, no, baby. No. A hell of parts of Georgia are racist and red. 
Yeah, all these little places, Walla Coochie Luchi, all these towns. All right. <laughs> we don't talk about, I'm thinking about what's that beauty shop or what's the Della Reese was like, I'm from Walla Tusha, whatever. Uh -huh. <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's those type of places. And, you know, like I said, we're not safe here. Even though I'm in LA, about what, 20, 30 miles, we got Orange County. And them mm -hmm. home waited to lynch somebody. So it's just like, we ain't, and you got to go through there. To go to Disneyland, so I'm just saying that you know we ain't we ain't too much safe over here either, right? So let's go into some movie movie news. Mm -hmm. So this broke. I'm gonna say what last was it this week or last week? Uh, Victoria Alonso, she's the well was president. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Victoria, I didn't even laugh at you like that. I'm sorry. Well, she was the president of charge of physical production, <laughs> post-production, special effects, and animation, was fired this past week uh, from her job at Marvel. Mm -hmm. Now, there's all kinds of speculations that, oh, she was fired because she was a mean boss, or she hated everybody, or mm -hmm. she was difficult to work with. Here are the facts. I know that between uh, 2021 and 2022, Marvel had a really rushed schedule due to COVID. They had like all of these, they had to deal with the projects that were on Disney Plus mm -hmm. and the big screen. And they had to get all of these special effects out the door, which, you know, I have not, never worked on a Marvel movie, but I, I'm more than sure that it is intense. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it it was like sooner or later the cracks were beginning to show because mm -hmm. you know. Uh, Ant-Man came out and everybody was like oh these graphics are horrible um, it's just a lot of he said she said um, and then there was another story that came out right before we jumped on that the reason that she was let go is because she violated her contract because she worked on Argentine yeah she worked on a non-Disney project right so I don't know what is going on over there. And that's probably why they are kind of mum over there trying to get their house in order before they go back to handling um, movie business. Yeah, because if you notice, the, I think the only thing that's coming out right now is Guardians of the Galaxy. And then I think it's, a, I think, gonna, I want to say we have a pause. I believe we have a pause before we get into um you know our husband my husband's um take over and then um <laughs> you know all that other stuff we have in fantastic four we have a little bit of a pause mm -hmm. and I, i'm like maybe that's good because they get the house in order so I'm, I'm sure kevin is like if y'all if y'all bitches don't get it together right now we're gonna be looking like dc so um <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I, I noticed that when, you know, it wasn't about that, but they kept pointing out like some of the decisions and things that she's making. Listen, I, I can't imagine what it is working for Marvel. Now we've had some people um, who have spoke about working at Marvel and it isn't, they talk about it is intense. You got to be ready for it. You got to have that energy going. You got to have that coffee right there ready to keep you up throughout the night. It's that type of stuff that, you know, because, you know, they have, they have a bar so high. Uh So I can't imagine what it was like doing all that. And I'm sure there's going to be some stuff that falls through because, you know, when you are in charge of something, you know, you're running so many different things. I think about like the jobs we've had, we have, someone's going to be, someone's going to fall through or something's going to hang it off the side. So it's going to be a lot of work and I can't imagine what she was doing. I know that check was good, but I can't imagine what was going on. And also you have to remember, I I, I think, you know, people are always gunning for you too. You know, it's not going to be, everybody's going to be your friend. It's going to be, how do I get you out so I can get it? Right. There was this thing that, Oh, she was um, again, difficult to work with or that she was like this mean boss. Mm -hmm. And I find it odd to single out, a woman of color mm-hmm. and a queer woman, it seemed like she was the fall guy. And I don't, I honestly do not believe that she is not the only one. If she is a person that is hard to work with, yeah, that she is not the only one. Yeah. And, That's absolutely wrong. And even though I'm not in the business, I'm working with folks in the business, if that makes sense. That stuff is not simple. After kind of being where I'm at right now, I've been here almost a year. That stuff is not simple. The decisions you have to make is some stuff. Like you have to know what you're doing. You have to know it, but you have to make sure. It's like you have to see the fucking future. <laughs> it's like you have right. To- you have to be like four or five steps ahead yeah. all the fucking time. And sometimes you just can't do that. You know, we can't. Even, some of us can't even pay our bills on time. So how are we going? That was very shady. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm not clowning anybody in particular. I'm, I'm all of us. There's been like, <laughs> we can't even project how what our check's gonna, you know, how we're gonna be a month, you know, financially. So imagine somebody trying to, you know, handle stuff like that, and just you know, right. just to know, like for example, I'm working with students who are. They're doing short films and just that stress of a short film. But imagine if you in charge or you working with all types of film, all types of media, making sure everything is in place and looking great, looking good, all that type of stuff. That is a lot. So if she had a couple of bad days, so be it. Because some of y'all are probably not on your, on your shit. So she had to be on your shit. It's not... I'm not defending. Like, I don't, I, we don't know. We don't know what really happened. Up well, yeah, we don't know what we don't know. But at the same time, it's like we can't assume it's super easy. And then we've we've talked about that when we talked about DC. We don't know what's going on, but apparently we know it. What was going on wasn't working. So right. So something somewhere. It's interesting because I always feel like. When those type of positions or jobs, how are you trained? You know, we 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 work at McDonald's or Burger King. We were trained, like we were trained mm-hmm. how to do that because that's life and death. Because you can 
literally burn yourself up trying to cook some fries. <laughs> but you have to learn all that type of stuff. How do they train for that? How do they know with that? That's something that I'm learning now through the people that I've been working with. Like, that's the question I've asked. Like, how do y'all just, how do you do that? You know what I mean? Like, how do y'all? Because it's a lot of project management type yeah. stuff. It's a lot of uh, delegating and knowing which stuff goes with which, mm-hmm. scheduling, coordinating. Um, it's a lot. And I can only imagine the workload that was on her shoulders day in and day out. Because she has been there from like the, she's like the, the top way. three. Because it's her, it was uh, Louis Esposito mm-hmm. and Kevin Feige. Like those are the, um, no matter what show or movie, you're always going to see their name. So the, for them to lose this significant person, I hope everything gets in order. Yep. And I hope they get somebody who can manage that mess. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. Um, because they, they got a lot coming up. And this is not it though, because you know they got you know, they got more coming up and more coming up. So we're supposed to get what uh, we're supposed to get a lot of shit like towards the back King, end of the year. We got King Dynasty. We got um, Fantastic Four. We have um, a lot. Still, we got more TV projects coming. Um, second seasons of certain things. We got. Daredevil coming, um, Punisher's coming, all that stuff is coming. So, you know, it's going to be a lot they have to do. And, you know, personally, they can take a two-year break. And I think that it'll be like, okay, that makes us, you know, excited to see what's coming. Give us some time to kind of chill, just to be like, okay, let's sit down, get our house in order, make sure we're ready to go. Um, mm-hmm. and so, you know, Victoria, I hope Victoria's okay. I'm sure they gave her a good payout. I know they did, and I appreciate. You know, I hope she goes on a vacation, and be you know, and just to shake. Right. But yeah, but you know, we'll we'll probably hear more as because we just got some of this today. I'm sure there'll be more to come out over the weekend because you know how the weekend dumps go. <laughs> uh huh. And it's comic and, and it's WonderCon weekend, so we might get some surprises to some degree. Um. But moving on to the next comic news. So Shazam, Fury of the Gods came out last weekend. Did you see it? I did not. I did not either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I had no interest in seeing it. Uh, I had interest until I know I found out that uh, Levy was like an anti-vaxxer and then he was a Trump sympathizer. I was like, okay, girl. He was the one the most... And I was like, I remember when he was, I was like, sir, you, this is not the time. Um, of all the fucking times to do it, you're going to do this right when you're doing press uh, junkets for your fucking movie? Yeah, you got Megan Good and them out here not defending themselves, but it's like, you, you're messing up everybody else's check. But anyway, that movie came out and it only did like 30,000 over the weekend. It's not funny, but it's sad because they, they had like about... 52, 53,000 on the debut weekend when they first had their first movie. Um, and to come out with 30. So, y'all, this movie was not cheap. 
But to only get those 30, comic book movies are certainly never cheap. Yeah, but the thirty million over the weekend, thirty million. And you had what? Helen Mirren was in that movie. Yeah, Helen Mirren was in there. Um, Lucy Liu. Yeah, did better overall than this. Did you say Catwoman? You know I said Catwoman. Yeah. Was that adjusted to uh, inflation though? Not back then. We were going through all that <laughs> back then. Now let's not let's not be uh, careless <laughs> about what you know about that. I know you're trying to shade. You're trying to shade the movie, but you know <laughs> that movie was bad. I don't care what. I don't give a damn what anybody but, says. Hallie, that movie was bad. I'm sorry, girl. <laughs> I don't care what y'all say. <laughs> was that movie? Now, you know, I'm looking it up. And right now, overall, it has made eighty two. Point one million dollars, catwalk. Now I'm sure they they gonna make they'll make their money back, but they know? I don't know if they will. No, I don't know. You're right. I don't know if they will. It is um, really, really, really sad that. Um, okay, so when Catwoman came out and it's opening weekend. It was almost seventeen thousand. It made almost seventeen thousand over the weekend. So Catwoman seventeen million over yeah, weekend. So with Shazam making thirty, that's not great. And this is the type of movie you take your kids to. So right. You didn't take your kids to see Catwoman. So you know, I'm just like okay. But this movie, and some people said it was like, um, you know, friends of the show, um, you know, Tatiana and Ben Hami, they they talked about it too, and it was like it's a very it's a fun movie for the kids, the family. But the fact that this did not hit that market, you know what I mean? Um, right. Puss and Boots. <laughs> I heard Puss and Boots was good. Yeah, Puss and Boots hit that market, um, and so I'm just thinking like, okay, so what's happening here? But not only that, so this movie is not hitting this number. I think it's like at thirty-five thousand right now, or million right now, which is still not great. Zachary, so first of all, you know how people, you know, rumors start about how where apparently it was supposed to have these cameos, and The Rock did not approve him. He didn't want anybody from his film to be associated with this one, even though the characters are literally like the Wonder Twin. Like they have to be associated with each other because that's just how it is. They live in the same universe. So yeah. why wouldn't they be associated with each other? It's, saying, it's like saying that Storm, you make a Storm movie, but you don't include the X-Men or even mention them in some form of fashion. Right. Anyway, so that came out, but then Zachary Levi went up and said, Basically, cosigns that kept that's true. Not only did he do that, but he's made a couple of videos talking about this recently, um, saying this and that. So he's got, you know, so he's up here going back and forth, and not really going back and forth with The Rock, but basically saying The Rock is the reason why we are in this mess right now. Technically, I want to agree to that a little bit because, yes, when The Rock, let's not forget, his goal was to reboot. And they shouldn't allow him to do it, but they wanted him to reboot the DC universe, bringing back Henry Cavill, only for them to, for them to fire him again, poor thing. 
Girl, I would have been pissed. I... All of that type of stuff because they gave him the, that power to do so. Now, what I do appreciate about James Gunn and them, and they've been kind of cute about it, but they was like saying, I think it was Peter, the other person working with James about, you know, how they was just kind of being willy-nilly about who was doing what and giving power to just anybody off the street. Now, in some ways, you that was kind of, you know, shady, but that was true. I mean, The Rock has star power, but he doesn't have that type of power, you know, to be like, I trust you with, like, that's like trusting him with the Marvel Universe. You know, Kevin wouldn't have done that. Kevin would have been like, girl, are y'all- Get your big ass out of my office. <laughs> like, right are y'all effing high right now? Um, so- that's one thing, but yeah, it's coming out that The Rock kind of pushed that in there. So now everybody, you know, drawing sides about who said what, who shot John. Um, Who's and who? Yeah, but basically both movies did badly. So at this point, yes, it is time. I was like, go ahead and just release that Flash movie today. Y'all need to go ahead and put that Flash movie out. Right now. <sighs> So you can just erase all of that. Because that's basically what that movie is going to do. It's going to erase that entire universe. Um, to where it's, anytime you see, you know, Gal Gadot or anybody, it's going to be an Elseworld story, which we I'm probably ain't going to see that either. But um, right. they need to put that Flash movie out right now. Because I'm like, if that, and if for some reason, I don't know what Shazam movie was supposed to do but it didn't do it. So we may not even see that again. Um, right. But to, but, to, but to debut at 30 million, I was like... And then when the original debuted at 53. Yeah. So I'm just like, whoa. Like, I'm just like, that's... Sad. It's sad, but then you, but you know, you also got the Schneider folks. I um, wish they would take a nap. I wish they were fucking taking that because y'all have been on this oh, release the Snyder Cut. There wasn't even a fucking Snyder Cut. Like, were you some of y'all Snyder fans dick ride so hard that y'all should be in poor. Because my fucking God. Thank go drink some Similac and lay the fuck down. That did not work. The Snyderverse is the reason why we're in the mess. Right. That four hour... I'm still mad that I had to sit my black ass through four days at hour-long breaks, uh, hour-long chunks, to get through that whole fucking movie. Because this motherfucker think he uh, Cecil B. DeMille uh, doing the greatest show on earth or some bullshit. I know, like he's Scorsese. I, I, I would never forget sitting there looking at that movie like... But also, it reminded me that the bullies pushed that movie out. They did. And, you know, Marvel, really did. Marvel have been like, F y'all, we ain't doing this. Like, y'all better fantasize about this. Draw it on your own little paper. Right. But- oh, you want to do this? Well, here's an application. <laughs> and we will look at it. And if you your resume aligns to what we need, then you could have a seat at the table. If not, kick rocks. Go play with your action figures. Yes. But to do that, like I felt, and you know, people clown Ben Affleck, but you know, Ben Affleck was smart. He was like, I see the writer on the wall. Let me, well, <laughs> give me my purse. Give me my purse. I'm leaving. <laughs> ben Affleck was like, give me my purse. Yes. He was like, this was cute. 
I'll come back, visit a little bit, but I won't stay. That's right. I have my one little drink and I'm out. <laughs> like right. I, he'll come right. in. Now, you know, because he was smart. I think he's the only one, like he gets to direct stuff over in James Gunn's world, which I was that's cute. Did he say I don't I thought he said he didn't want to do any kind of directing because it wasn't aligning for what he wanted to do. I don't know. I let me go back and look because I want to say that I think the door's open. Yeah. All right, let me look right quick yeah, because cool. Ben Affleck was like, "It's cute, but <laughs> eh, I don't want to do it, girl." He's like, um, "My purse." <laughs> right, and that movie. Going back to uh, that Justice League movie, it was honestly, it was about uh, the big baddie. He couldn't get in uh, contact with his dad because uh, he had to find these mommy boxes. And his dad wasn't taking his phone calls, and he was just upset without it, upset about it. And uh, to take his rage out, he's decided to, you know, take it out on the Justice League and other folks. That's what that movie amounted to. Well, you're right. Um, he's not. He said he would not direct anything for that cinematic universe. He so. said, "Thank you, but my talents are." Uh, yeah needed elsewhere and you know he, who knows i think he has something to do with that air jordan movie so he this you know y'all clown on ben affleck but that man when he does put like with argo like he got nominated for an oscar for that type of work so he knows he what i appreciate about ben is he was like you know what i'll give it a shot if it ain't working we ain't staying right he's like we're not gonna keep trying it's like nope because i could leave yeah, I can go. I, I'll be all right. My house is across the street. I ain't got right. <laughs> basically. So I give him a little credit for that. But you know, I feel like you know, and you know, I I still trust James Gunn. I think they're gonna do a great job. But I don't know about. Oh, I will see because the Guardians of the Galaxy to me is. How do I say that? This is like it. It doesn't mesh. If I want to see acting in the MCU, I'll go to Black Panther. Mm -hmm. If I want to see some white boys' interpretation of some kind of superhero, then I'll go to Guardians of the Galaxy. If that makes sense, because I know yeah. majority of them are made by white people, but it just seems. But remember his 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 bailiwick or his powering is because he took these characters that nobody cared, cared about and turned them into that. So he has the and he did really well with the second uh Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Like he was able to take Did he do good with the second Suicide Squad? Yeah, that was actually done really well and actually more critically not I only like, remember that because it was a dick shown. In the jungle, yes, but <laughs> I think he did it into a point where it was like people were like, oh, this is so much better than what the first one was because we didn't have what you call it doing the electric. We didn't have the uh, enchantress doing God no <laughs> doing electric slide. <laughs> she was doing the bus stop, like the <laughs> <laughs> hustle out here. Right, we didn't have that, so. <laughs> that was such a bad 
Like, girl, sit down. Damn. Like, the when, when, when I, we're not going to get into that movie. But anyway, <laughs> the, who knows what will happen moving forward. But I think what we're seeing now is probably the best decision. Like, we're seeing this is why we made a decision type of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, we're seeing, like, this is why we made this decision. Yeah, y'all acting up, and this is the reason why. Yeah, because like you saw what happened. Shazam was a flash in the pan when it came out because it was that it was the the antimatter <laughs> to um to Shaq Snyder stuff. Uh huh. And the first one, I will admit, the first uh Shazam was good. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah. Um, but shall I'll. I'll see it when it gets to HBO Max when it gets there. And even then. Good good night. Like <laughs> Well, I think that's it for what we got on the table. Let's I think that is. Um that has been enough. Um <laughs> so let's clean up these teacups because the tea has been spilled. And let's get ready for a special king size issue with a very special guest mr david allen singletary so y'all stay tuned for that great great and exciting episode, uh interview all right thank you for joining us on a, another special episode of mega sheen uh we have a special guest joining us from a king size issue um i don't know we've been doing this how long i still uh, get it wrong uh, currently, he is starring in the new series of Marriage of Inconvenience, produced and co-starred uh, by Jason T. Gaffney, a romantic comedy debuting April 6th that follows two strangers who enter the Witness Protection Program and have to pretend to be happily married to hide their identities from dangerous people who want them dead. You may have seen him as a child actor. He was starring in Disney and Nickelodeon series back in the day. Please Ooh, welcome to Mega Shane. <laughs> Please welcome to the uh ep- the show, Mr. David Allen Singletary. Oh, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for having me, Nick and Victor. I'm so happy to be here. Love your show. We are happy that you have uh, got some time for us today. Uh, so we're gonna jump right into it. Tell us about That's this good. new series, The Marriage of Inconvenience. So, uh, like, well, you did a beautiful introduction. Uh, Basically, the way I describe Marriage of Inconvenience is it's kind of like a modern day odd couple. Um, Two completely opposite people uh, are brought together through no means of their own, and they are forced to live together in a house and pretend to be married. They're under witness protection uh, program. Uh, Owen's character is a slovenly (laughs) former drug dealer uh who's basically he's a hot mess he is a hot mess and my character franklin is a type a uptight professor who is forced to live in the house with this person and pretend to be married they just met and um the story is not only hilarious but it has a lot of hearts a lot of twists and turns and i'm so excited for you guys to see this because um, it's like nothing else I've worked on when I read the script. I was so excited and uh, it turned out even better than the script. And that is always exciting in this business because it doesn't always happen that way. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, so exactly. yeah, sometimes you do something and you don't tell your friends. You're like, it was good. Mm -hmm. You don't need to. You can sit this one out. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, Nick mentioned a lot of things you worked on. You know, things that a lot of us grew up, you know, with. You think about some mm -hmm. shows. You know, Calista. I can never say the name right, but you know, Calista said, "Oh, I'm saying it wrong again." Why well, explains it all? all? What? Did she explain it all though? Oh, she is not explaining it all. Trust me, she didn't explain why I still. She didn't explain why I still have to work. <laughs> that part, baby. She yes. didn't exp uh, explain these price of eggs. Okay, exactly. <laughs> she did not explain it all, but you have been, you know, you have been in the game for a while. This time, you work with a lot of queer actors. Out, mm -hmm. so let's rephrase that because I'm sure in this business, you, you work with a lot of gay people, but. Oh yeah, a lot of queer people, a very open queer people in this in this series. How does it feel to be in a mix of people like Alex Mappa and like Joel and Jason? How does that feel being in that group? Oh my gosh, like I cannot tell you how um, just empowering and um, just it just feels it feels amazing to go into a place where your identity is not only embraced but it is um, just cherished. Like, not even just my identity as a gay, you know, as a gay man uh, with other LGBT people, and not even just people working on screen with me, but this is uh, a production company that has LGBTQ plus actors, uh, as well as people that are camera, are DP. I mean, it's incredible the amount of uh, diversity uh, culturally, racially, and, uh, you know, uh, just across the board. And that is almost like nothing I've worked on before. I've never walked into a place and never felt kind of apprehensive at all. Like my husband could show up to set, <laughs> you know, you can talk about your husband, you never have to deepen your voice, uh, you know, <laughs> things like that, which sometimes, you know, it feels uncomfortable at Crafty, you feel a little uncomfortable. Uh, so it's been... An amazing experience because I came in being my whole authentic self and I was able to bring that into this to this character and that's what they wanted and it gave me so much freedom as an actor to give the best performance and not only that but it's I feel like it's I've said this before it's rare that I get to see images of myself depicted on screen back to me so to be able to do that possibly for someone else um you know they say if you don't if there's nothing if you don't see yourself out there then you need to write it you need to create it and I feel like I'm getting to create a character that I'm not seeing currently and that is invaluable to me that's fascinating and absolutely that's especially like uh seeing ourselves behind the camera because we always talk about how we want to see ourselves in front of the camera behind the camera is just as important oh you have no i mean well you guys do have an idea but i mean people don't think about things like <laughs> small things for instance i am a uh, person of color as you can see hey <laughs> oh, for those of you who don't uh the jig is up hey um but uh <laughs> Um, I go to major studios. I mean, we're talking, you know, Warner Brothers, like major studios. And I still, to this very day, carry my own makeup kit with me because I have shown up to sets, million dollar sets, where the makeup artist that is a 
Union artist says, I'm sorry, I don't have you. I don't have a color for you. Can we, you know, and then they try to have me out there looking like Big Bird, looking like I am the first on, you know, the, the transplant list, looking high yellow. Like, I mean, and that's, and that is something that you don't think about, but it's something that is very embarrassing because they have everyone else's colors and it's not something that you have to think of. I have gone to a set and I have, you know, I have, I have a shorty. I have a, a, a cropped, you know, little uh, fade. And I have had them say, I don't know, I cannot, I can't do your lineup. I'm going to have to send you to the nearest barbershop. There's no one here who can cut your hair. And these are not small independents. These are major, major, um, you know, productions. So on this production, they not only had people working behind the scenes who were of color, but they actually had a whole meeting and wanted to get people who were behind the scenes, behind the camera, DP, working on lighting, who were saying, hey, we have an predominantly, we have two major characters. One of them is, you know, Caucasian, he's white, he's light bright. And then, <laughs> and then we have an actor of color and they are going to be in scenes together, light, well lit and not so well lit. And we want to make sure that his skin tone is always showing up. And so they, they would literally do all of these extra um, screen tests just to make sure that my I was showing up and my best self. And that is crazy. Like that does not always happen. And that is something that is unique to um, an amazing production team and working with, you know, uh, Jason Gaffney and Ed Gaffney and this production team because they were like, no, we hired a black actor because we wanted a black actor and you're going to look amazing. And this makeup artist, they were like, have you worked with black actors? Because you need to, don't have him looking at don't, uh, uh, uh. Right. It's, it is crazy to me that here in 2023, the leaps and bounds that we have made through lighting and makeup, people are still having to do their own damn makeup. Like, they could Absolutely. get like a drag queen from uh, West Hollywood to come down. And that maybe it's because I live in Kentucky and I'm not like right there in it. It just because, like, bitches have to do your, know how to do somebody else's makeup, their makeup, and probably three other people. Like, it, 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 it kills me that it is still the same old way in old Hollywood. Shocking. It's, it's shocking to me. And it's, and that, you know, goes across the board in many things. Like, I think that if you hire, if you hire an actor or you hire, um, you know, uh, an artist in any way, I think it is production's duty to look into how to best provide and best to make best make that artist look the best that they can. And whether that is their skin tone, whether that is another issue, whether that is their size, do not have a plus size actor come in and you don't have any clothes that fit them. You know what I mean? Things like that. And that is, you know, that's a thing that people still deal with. So, um, yeah, I agree. It's crazy. You could just, hello, we're right down the street from WeHo. One of these right. girls can come in here. One of these girls can tiptoe in here with her kit and beat your face real quick. But you'd be shocked. I have definitely been on many, many sets where they're like, sorry, we just don't have a powder. We don't have, you know, we don't have this. Or or they're blending you and you're like, what the, what am I? Now you look like a Cheeto and... Very much, very much that. Now I'm looking <laughs> like, girl, why are you so orange? You <laughs> <laughs> look like Coco Montree season Yeah, exactly. Uh, sponsored by Sunkist. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, explain to us the uh, the audition process for this series. Oh my gosh. You know what? This audition process was insane because it started pre-pandemic. So, <laughs> so um, I, I've known the, uh, the creator and the writers of this for some time now. Uh, Jason and I have known each other for years and years. We lived in New York City. We were New York City actors uh, back in the day. <laughs> Still so young. Uh, and um, he started working on this project and we hadn't really gotten a chance to work on something large together. And so I was in between things. And when he came to me with this idea, you know, in the, the beginning, I was like, oh, it sounds amazing. And, and another uh, thing, he kind of was getting input on um, as a um, creator who is not of color writing in that voice, what would that mean? And he also wanted to do it in a way that was the most respectful and get, he, he reached out to a lot of us. Um, and that's kind of initially how it started, kind of reaching out and making sure that he was doing justice to those things and getting input um, about how to do that. And so that's when it was started. But when we started auditions, it started with a, you know, a, a cold read, a cold uh, read in someone's house, <laughs> Jason's house. And we weren't really sure what it was going to be. It was one episode. And the laughter that came from that one episode, and he had all these people kind of zooming in and, you know, all these people just giving their feedback. And it was amazing feedback. And so they were like, okay, well, this is something. We have something here. And they started writing. And then they cast it. And originally, uh, when they came to me, they had cast me. So Jason and I were the only people who were originally cast. So we, right before the pandemic, literally the week before the shutdown, <laughs> I will never forget this, we went into a tiny room. We were like, this is fine. We don't know what this is. We're just going to put some hand sanitizer on the table and maybe like not shake hands. So we came into like a tiny room with a table and we saw roughly like 150 people that day and we were doing these uh you know chemistry reads with people and just everyone's coughing hot mess and i'll never forget because pen 15 that show on hulu was across the was across the way from us and they were like are we okay are is everything you think this is good and i was like it's fine what could happen cut to two years later uh <laughs> two years later we were finally ready to to film so the audition process was uh insane but crazily enough the people that we i would say 80 percent of the people that they cast two years ago loved the project so much that they cleared up their schedules two years later and most of them came and still did this project two years later so we were really really lucky and so excited to be able to finally do this it's a long time coming yeah i can imagine covid screwed up so many projects and act so many projects in Hollywood that I'm guessing they're still recovering from it. Oh, absolutely. And we're very lucky because so many uh, pilots and shows got canceled. We just got postponed. And that is a blessing. Right. It is. So, David, you've been in the game, you know, for a minute. You, you know, from kid all the way up to now. Trying to age me. <laughs> <laughs> still well, look good. Yeah, <laughs> get away from you. Wild experience. Yeah, we. But I am very curious. What got you into acting? What What was the thing that was like? I got to do this. Um, you know, I grew up. I grew up a little black boy in Florida, and um, I have been an actor almost my entire life. I 
My father uh, was a performer. He performed with uh, Ringling and my mother as well. And so I, one day, I, I want to say five or six years old, the school play, you know, as it were, I played Rudolph, A Star Was Born. And after that, I, you know, I wanted to do stuff and I started doing community theater. And so I was Tiny Tim, got my little crutch. And from then on, I literally would go and find any sort of audition. I was that kid. My mother used to be so embarrassed because I would, I had tap shoes and I used to sneak my tap shoes into my backpack when we would go to the grocery store because we didn't have a wood floor and the produce section had a large wooden area. So my mom would just be shopping and she would suddenly hear like applause and tapping and it would be me beside <laughs> <laughs> me beside the produce, you know, just fruits and me, more fruits, <laughs> you know, just giving a show. And so my mom, you know, uh, my mom decided, she was like, well, I, clearly this is beyond me. So I started doing that, I, I did theater. And then uh, in Florida, if you're in Florida, the mouse is is king. So I started doing things for Disney and Nickelodeon and uh, you know, I did shows for them and I eventually got my degree in musical theater. So it's just kind of naturally progressed that way. But it, it was something that, kind of was scary for me because especially going the musical theater route because I'll never forget me being in middle school and like 12 or 13 and this is you know I was, I was again I'm, I'm I'm no spring chicken so this is before a lot of the the renaissance this is this is before you know rent was huge and 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 we had and we had just getting like lion king in this show called ragtime with audrey mcdonald and i remember going to new york city and saying oh i want to be in musical theater and all that other stuff and this guy was like well what are you gonna do old man river like there's not a lot of there's not a lot of things for you and i went to see ragtime and i just happened to be sitting behind brian stokes mitchell's preschool teacher and I was a mess I was crying it was an amazing show and I went backstage uh because she's like oh come with me and I, and I met Brian Stokes Mitchell but it was Audrey McDonald who was sitting in her dressing room and I kind of timidly went into her and I told her about her you know about her performance and I was crying and I was like this is amazing and I would love to do what you do and someone told me that I would never make it because you know there's nothing for you and I'll tell you she sat me down and she said, until this, until this production, I had never written a role. I had never played a role written for a Black woman until this. She goes, and I won the Tony for this. And she's like, don't you ever let anyone tell you what you can or can't do because of your skin color. And from that day on, I decided that I was going to be an actor. And nothing was ever going to stop me. And I'm still an actor. And Audrey McDonald is still a friend to this day. She's amazing. The fact that you had Audrey McDonald say that to you. Right, you could tell me shit after that. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and, and, and it takes something so small, you know, and, and me coming back to New York as, as an adult, you know, I, I ran into her and she's, and it's crazy because I mentioned that story. And she's like, I remember that. And that was a long time ago. That was ragtime, you know? So um, it just was always kind of in me. I always wanted to, to, tell stories and I always wanted to um just be creative I mean we still we always need creative people I think sure do. uh whether it's acting 
music, whatever the, the gamut is. I think creative people make the world go round, but that's just my two cents. <laughs> a good so, two cents it is. <laughs> so some of your roles portray you as a convict, a, a gang member, security card, mm -hmm. mainly because of your size. I've mm -hmm. seen the pictures and you you're uh you're stacked. Um, well thank you. <laughs> how does that affect you mentally? Um, you know it's it's something that I don't ever want to complain about and I would never complain about work because I absolutely know that in this life we you know art depicts life and those roles and those people we do have security guards and we do have convicts and those are stories that need to be told and honored and I respect that and I also respect like everyone has to pay their dues and there is just the basic archetype of this is your body type and that is the easiest thing if you have one or two lines to say oh this is you know this is the easiest most common easiest you know low picked fruit but it is something that gets old and gets um it plays on your psyche because then you do feel like I am so much more than that. When I was in New York, I belonged to this group and uh, I'm not going to say which one, I'm not going to say who, but there was this group of actors and it's, it's a really large group that you kind of want to be into. It's a networking group and they have classes and it's the way that you kind of break into TV and film on that end and provided New York TV and film is a lot of gritty urban um, dramas. There's a lot of, you know, SVU and, and Blue Bloods and, and things like that. A lot of crime, crime series. And I will never forget, everyone tries to get in with this woman who runs it. And you just try to get her attention. And I got in this meeting with her. And it's very expensive, of course. Nothing is free. Ain't nothing free, but, you know, but, but Jesus. <laughs> and so... So I got in the meeting with her. It's like $300 for, you know, like 30 minutes. And she basically um, types you out, looks at you, decides, you know, the, the, the best course of action for your career and, and gives you sides and who you need to meet and all this other stuff. It's like a career consultation. And I sat down and she, I was like, hi. She goes, nope, don't say another word. I've already got it. Convict. Prisoner, you're a prisoner. I was like, Madam, I have a degree, you know, <laughs> and so that and I was just like, wow. Um, and then worse than that, after I told her, I was like, OK, yes, I have played those roles. I played a killer. I played all those things. Um, she was like, yeah, here's the thing. I'm going to need you when you go into the room. Can you just like talk less? Like, don't talk. Don't talk. You're too happy. You're too animated. You're too just like, just don't do it. Just hi, that's all we need. She's like, because you, you got to get in those rooms and you got to get booked and, and you're just too much, you're just too educated and too like, what. and I was like, oh. and so that, hearing things like that is something that is really damaging. It is something that, again, when you talked about what's it like to be on a set with um, people who love you as the person, but also love what you can bring to a role because I am a happy person uh, you know, my, my managers and my agents always describe me. They're like, he's like the rock. 
but like in the role of the tooth fairy. <laughs> because you know, I'm listen, I'm I, I am very large and in I'm six three, I got big arms, my titties bounce, I get it. I'll give you all of that. But I, you know, there are other roles. And so being able to play um, you know, a doctor, um, you know, there are other actors right now that are breaking into those spaces, you know, we talked about, I said I'm a big horror fan, but you know, there are other uh, mediums like Lovecraft Country, you know, Jonathan Majors is doing some incredible work right now in places and in places and in spaces that we weren't previously in, uh, Sterling K. Brown and This Is Us. I mean, he is bodied, but in that he is a successful, educated Black man with a beautiful Black family and there's, he's unapologetically uh, Black and and he's not having to put upon this, you know, urban uh aesthetic and if you and if that's and not to say that those aren't amazing things like i am absolutely proud of all my blackness but um i just i just hate when people try to put me into that box and it is something that people do all the time based off your stature based off your skin color um and you know i can be more than a than a convict and in this it's amazing because in franklin uh, in Marriage of Inconvenience, I am a, uh, you know, I'm an English professor. I'm a professor and he is smart and he's educated and he's worked and he he has worked really hard to get where he is. He's It wasn't given to him, um, but he is respected. And that is such an amazing um, role to be able to play because it plays into how hard I've worked to get to where I am and how much value I put into my education. So, um, yeah. That's really fascinating. And it's interesting because um, where I work, we have someone who actually does that. They work with um, our, they work with a lot of the people about their careers and what they want to do and what they want to achieve. So that's very interesting how you said it, because I, I do get to hear that sometimes, um, but they do try to challenge the status quo by trying to say like you can play this person you can play that person and and do more so i can i can see how they can play with your psyche especially when you know how society is with us um but it's very interesting very yeah interesting. i mean because you know of course like if you have an under five uh, there's not so much i mean listen there's only some this is not shakespeare there's only so much you can do with uh that'll be you know paper or plastic ma'am but <laughs> it's it's almost like the same sort of archetype it's like when um when asian actors are only you know a certain type of thing or when you have um indian actors and they are only uh you know store clerks or taxi drivers or lord forbid bombers or things you know it's just it's it when you go in and you know that every time that you're going to get called and in in this business it's not like you know broadway or, or theater where you don't necessarily have as many um opportunities so the stakes are a little bit higher because there's only so many auditions in so many theaters that at any given time but in any given week you can have up to five ideal ten you know if you're lucky auditions and if eight of those are convict number two you kind of go is this real? This is all I can. Is this all I can? Is this what I amount to in this in this you know town? Is this all I can be? Because I've never been to jail. So what about me? 
makes me, you know, and, and then to tell me to not speak or to not show joy. And I actually have gone into auditions and the, the reverse has happened where I have come in and I was convict number two. And I started talking to, to the writer and the director, you know, I was already cast and they wrote something for me because they were like, this is, you are so funny. Like you're so, uh, this doesn't, this is, this is a waste of you. Let me figure this out because I have something for you. And that was, I, and it was literally something so small, but it, I was so happy that they, took what I had and it wasn't seen as a negative, but they embraced it and found something for me. Just like I said, if you don't see what, if you don't see yourself on screen, then write it. Um, I'm starting to see myself on screen. And I think that that's amazing because when I was younger, I, I didn't ever. Very true. Very, very true. Now we're going to jump gears a little bit, a little bit, because this is still Let's about but we are going to talk about the Oscars really quick. Um, oh. We just had them. They took over the town. Now they're out. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the winners of the Oscars? What was your take on some of that? I mean, I would say I am 90% thrilled. I think we all know the 10%. Uh, everything Everywhere All at Once was an incredible, um, incredible, incredible film. Uh, you know, uh, the Asian community has been overlooked so much and for far too long, just like it, just like any other minority community, you know, they, they have, they have deserved, I mean, Michelle, yo, it's, I mean, it's, it's just, it was so deserved, so deserved, so deserved. However, and I'm not, this is not against Jamie the Curtis girl. You're my boo. I love you. Original screenplay. Yes. Um, however, uh, what they have done and what they continue to do to Angela Bassett is just, there aren't words. It's heartbreaking. It's, it just, you know, and it's, it's not to say that, that Jamie Lee Curtis didn't deserve it because her performance was incredible. But the thing is, is that the sort, the level of performance, the level of acting, the level of uh, vulnerability and the level of, of just, she's just the uh, just black excellence that Angela brought to the you know MCU to just in general to superhero movies. We had not we have not seen that previously. We she literally brought like a legitimacy to the entire genre, and so for them to see what she's given previously and the performances that she's given and not been honored for. And then to see her basically turn this on its head and say, oh, this is now, now superhero movies can be Oscar worthy films acting wise because of this one woman and then not give it to her. And then, and then, oh, I got hype. Oh, I'm getting flushed. And then to police her emotions afterward and say, oh, she should have continued acting off the job she is not, she's not being paid for this to say, oh, she should have, she should have, she should have continued acting and pretended to be happy, even though she's in front of the world, you know, getting egg on her face is just, I don't know. It was, it was a hard pill for me to swallow. It was a hard pill for me to swallow. And it really, um, it really 
made me happy and it really just i don't know maybe like i love black people when uh jonathan and michael said you know we love you auntie because they was just like it's like the, everyone kind of pulled in and they saw what happened and they and the community were you know came behind her and were like you know what mm -hmm. we see it we see it and we love you and hopefully you know they also see what what this is kind of I don't know it just it was it was a hard it was a hard thing for me it was a hard thing for me It was. It was kind of hard to watch, but I did love when they kind of came out there and did what they did, especially when the way the face that Jonathan made. But anyway, you know, it was really, really good to see that. And it is really hard because when Nick and I talked about this, there's a part of me that's like she deserved it. But there's a part of me that's like, but I want her to win best actress. I want her not. So mm -hmm. I want her to win best Um Just true i could see that and, that and that's true but like i said like i just i really think that i don't know i just think it was so important um specifically because i do think that uh the superhero genre outside of black panther is very very white that is a lot of that is you know so for her to win this you know oscar and bring that sort of legitimacy to this genre would have been so huge. And it was just, I don't know. I just feel like there were so many performances this year that um, it's just, it was a hard year because everything all at once really just kind of came in and like, you know, like a wrecking ball, <laughs> Miley. Um, but it just, you know, I, you're right. You're right. I, I would have loved, I would have loved the best actress, but I just, in my mind, I thought for sure. I thought for sure. I was like, oh, she's got it. She's won it everywhere else. She's got it. She's got it. I was really happy for Brendan, though. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. He had me crying. He had me crying. The whale was just heartbreaking. I need to see that. But yeah. Oh, I my gosh. It. I was, I was inconsolable. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I was happy for Brendan, and um, I won't rehash my feelings about <laughs> the Oscars because, you know, I can go on a tangent. Uh, but to me, Jamie Lee Curtis is Hollywood royalty. She is. However, she won because of who her family was. And that, to me, was kind of a slap in the face because Angela is black excellence across the board and she should have already been a if we were if we were keeping in a band Angela should have won for what's love got to do with it Wayne to excel and Malcolm X so she already Absolutely. should have been a three-time winner and it just I said to Victor uh, on the when we did our Oscar review, it's hard. I can only imagine it's hard to love a craft, but when the Academy doesn't love you back, it has to be a slap in the face. I mean, it must. I mean, it has to be. But I I think that when you get to a certain place, you just kind of have to love it to love it because for all the ups mm -hmm. of the craft there are so many downs you know there you know there's money and there's fame and everything but there are a lot of downs and for a lot of people you know the downs are awards i mean 
Susan Lucci didn't quit TV. Didn't how many, how many times did they just slap her in the face? You know, so right. But but at least my thing is is my only thing that really gives me solace or comfort in this is that her disrespect didn't go unnoticed and that everyone rose up in her honor and in her defense and said no it's it's hard too because you know i feel bad in certain ways i, I feel so bad sometimes for the winners of these things because you know jamie lee curtis she didn't ask to win she didn't ask to, you know what i mean it's like she she just went in and she she showed up and she did her work and and she she went home and she, it's unfortunate that she ended up being against you know Angela at this time and point you know and that she won and now it's like it kind of muddies her win um and I hope that people don't you know have the anger in the right place because Jamie right. Lee's, she, you know but um it's like it's really hard to sit and watch things like that happen you know again and again and um it just makes you go well what are we doing but then, but right. then things, then good things happen. You know, there's so there was so much joy, you know, that happens, and 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 they just get you back with those crumbs. You know, so much joy. But that one, that one really, that one, that one made me mad. That one made me mad. And it's like they get you back. Then last year, Ariana Debose, I was like oh, crying, crying, crying. You know, so mm -hmm. then then this year, I'm mad. So, you know, it's a roller coaster of emotion. Really, I have to drink through it. <laughs> that is <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm drinking my Beaujolais as we speak. That very that. So, because we talk a lot of geek culture on this podcast, mm -hmm. what are some things that you geek out about? And they can be TV shows, movies, video games, books, shoes, fashion, anything. Oh, okay. Things I geek out about. Oh, geez. Okay, that's hard. Things I geek out. Okay, I geek out. I'm a big. I mean, I, because I start because I'm from Florida originally. Oof! Don't tell anyone I got out. Um, and uh, I started my my career with Disney. I am a big Disney nerd. I love to go to Disneyland. So I'm a big Disney Disney geek. I love horror movies. My husband and I are both movie nerds, and we love horror. This is a Freddy household. Um, Freddy reigns supreme. Uh, I'm again. I'm a big Broadway nerd. I. All, all things musical theater, which is, I know, it's like a sweat glitter. That's really gay. Um, <laughs> um, drag race. I'm always on the drag race. I will fight you till the end um, for my favorite queens. Um, shoes. Who are your favorite you know queens? Oh, gosh. My favorite queens uh, in general. Okay, my favorite queens. Roy. Oh, Bianca. Bianca. Ooh, sorry, Roy. Uh, Bianca Del Rio. Uh, let's see. Um, Alyssa Edwards. Alyssa Edwards. Um, I mean, those are my like two of my fave, 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 faves. I love those two. They can do no wrong. They're so funny. Um, but there's there's so many that I can barely even like. Oof, oof, oof. I love them. <laughs> what about you? What do you guys geek out about? Oh, I well, I know that I know that uh, that Victor, you're a you're a big movie uh, horror movie nerd too. Mm -hmm. Y'all can have the horror. I am, there is something about horror that just does not do it for me. And I don't know if it's just living in this world that's horror enough. But, or I, I don't know what it is. I, it's just, eh, I can take it and leave it. 
but it's but it's so campy it's so good and it's also like think of it like as a version therapy like what you saw at the theater nothing is going to be that bad at home hopefully Oh, well, I hope if so, so you uh, should move. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I don't I mean, I, I do enjoy like Scream, maybe like the first couple of ones. I haven't seen any of the others. Okay. Or I can't watch Freddy because that is very, I know the point of it is to be intrusive and that is like intrusive as fuck. Like, I can't even go to sleep because this motherfucker is, like, in my dreams. One, one two, Freddie coming for you. He's your dream right. warrior. Um, I was never kind of a, uh, what's the pinhead? I was not kind of, never that kind of girl. Um, <laughs> and I'm a big travel, I'm a big travel buff, too. Like, I, I love to travel, all things travel. Um, and TV, I mean, TV, because my husband and I are both, you know, um, we uh, travel a lot and things like that. And we're both big, like I said, movie nerds and TV nerds. So we'll get back together. And we, you know, when we're traveling and stuff, we, uh, <laughs> there's so many shows that we can't watch without the other. Uh, the Last of Us uh, is a big show right now. We are, during the pandemic, when we were trapped, we definitely got into 90 Day Fiance, which I, it is such, literally, it's a dumpster fire, but I am like in there. <laughs> I am in there. Oh my gosh. Like, baby girl. I just, I just, uh, guys, if you watch 90 Day Fiance, just hit me up on Instagram and like, and just talk <laughs> to me about it because <laughs> it's so good. But in the worst way, society's oh. fault. Yeah. Um, the Last of Us. All right. Is everybody caught up? Yeah. Oh, it? It's just so good. That episode I mean, three, speaking of, speaking of gay and like geeking out. Oh, man. I, I mean, I was like, beep, beep, let's back it up because you cast Nick Offerman in a gay role. But then I was like, wait a minute. Let's let's see. Let's see mm -hmm. first. And I ate my words. Yeah. I almost made it through the episode without crying at the end. At the end. You have no heart. I, I, then I, I then I start, I lost it. And then afterwards, it was the next episode with the uh, the brothers. Ooh, and it was. I remember I was streaming that the, that game, and we came across that scene. And after Henry shot himself, I had to end the stream because I was so distraught because I did not see that coming at all. And when he just killed himself. I was like, uh, stream, I gotta go because I'm gonna need somebody to hug on me or I'm gonna hug on my cats or whatever. That was just rough. And I knew it was coming, but to see it, an actual live person doing it was completely different. I feel it's such a disadvantage because my husband is a big um, gaming nerd. So he, he's, he's always on video games, whatever. So he's played this whole thing. And, and, you know, so he knows, he knew all of this before it even came. So I was like, how dare you not emotionally prepare me? Like, <laughs> I, how dare you not give me some sort of emotional kickstand? You just let me raw dog this episode? <laughs> like, like, what? Did he tell like, you any of the next part? No, he hasn't told me. He hasn't told me okay. anything. Like, it's all, you know, because we hate spoilers. So he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't told okay. me anything. 
he's like, you should have watched me play. But I'm like, get out of here. Anytime he's like, you should play with me. But then I'm like, okay, I'll play with you. And he's like, this is a single player open world game. I'm like, what? Okay, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Victor's not a a gamer too. So you're in in company. Uh, I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I'm like, I'll just be, uh, okay, I'll be cooking. (laughs) (laughs) David, what would be your dream role? but what would be your dream role to play oh my dream role to play i think my dream role to play i would love to play a i would love to be in a like a network sitcom as like a gay dad as in a network sitcom. Like I would love to be in that sort of, first of all, because hello, checks, (laughs) syndication. Um, But also we haven't really had that sort of um, LGBT, like just widespread, normalized. This is just a gay family. I mean, we have, I guess we have in, um, in, which Macaulay with uh, Modern Family, but they weren't the center of that. I would love to be in some sort of kind of like uh, comedic, long running network, my two dads sort of thing. I think that would be so fun. Um, and just the, just the idea of, I mean, working on, um, you know, Marriage of Inconvenience, the sort of like family that you get with those sort of shows. I mean, things like, I mean, the last episode of Fresh Prince, anyone? weeping all those people you get that sort of family and you are able to event and also in real life i would my husband and i would like to be dads so that would give me the opportunity to stay in one place um and so yeah i would love to do that and i would love to just sort of let america see a vision of a different sort of family and let it be normal so that would be amazing i would love that Victor, go ahead and write it. We know you. Uh, please, please, you're please. A, you're a writer, so go ahead. Get into that. I went in. It's so funny. I went in for a, um, uh, I won't say what network, but it was like a, it was a, a big network and it was a family network and they were going to, and they were having basically like a, it was for a gay dad for this TV show and it was, it was basically like these, this uh, couple, they had gotten divorced in the, almost like a, a Grace and Frankie almost, where the, the his her ex husband got remarried and now her so the, to a man so the, he was the stepdad uh, and you know what I mean and so I and it just never it didn't I didn't didn't get off like pilot season it just didn't come out but um, I just think that would be amazing we just and it's time like I, I'm shocked that we haven't really had that yet mm-hmm. you know kind of like a, if Will and Grace had a kid <laughs> what would that be. Right. Right. Yeah. That's not the first time I've heard something like that, like that analogy of Will and Grace had a kid. Um, And I don't don't remember where I heard it, but but I think a lot of people are trying to make something like that happen. Right. And I'm I'm so scared now. Like, I mean, you know, uh, if you asked me two years ago, I'd have been like, that's that is coming now. My God, it feels like we are going backwards in this this fight for equality i mean what is happening to you know uh the trans community and and drag queens and 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 just this this disgusting um 
onslaught on the community where it comes to children is is just getting worse. So I don't know. I I, I hope that that we are going toward a place where we can have more of those those images because I think they're needed. I think that we just need to continue to to normalize and give you know a face to the families out there because there's plenty of of LGBT families you know out here. And I think that we just need to have it on prime time. We need to get past the idea that it's taboo or that it's not, it's, you know, it's not happening. And not in a, you know, a weird way where they're punking, like poking fun or things like that. Not in like a slapstick way, per, you know, per se. Like, of course, situational comedy and, and sitcoms, but I don't necessarily think that the, the family should be the butt of the joke. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they're like, we'll tell your story, but we're going to make fun of you. Or we'll tell your story, but you're going to have AIDS, all of you. Like, right. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's not like, funny, but it's funny. Like, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Hollywood, we all know, is so slow for to show progress uh, in this multicultural world. What initiatives would you like to see in place to help Black and queer people get more and consistent roles? I mean, I think that the initiative would help if there was some sort of incentive for writers and uh, producers, directors, casting people behind the camera to tell more of those stories and cast more of those, uh, cast more of those people to think outside of the box. You know, when you're doing these characters, there's so many characters that have absolutely no race or uh, sexual preference attached to them that they just suddenly decide, or again, body type, that they suddenly decide to attach them. You know, you're they'll put something like, oh, waiter, blah, 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 Trendy's nightclub, white. Huh? Like, you've never had a, you've never had an Asian waiter? You've never had a black waiter? I don't understand. Like, why would they be, why would they be white? I don't understand that. Um, which, not to say that they wouldn't be white, but why, why won't you just come in and see who, you know, who you like best that day. Um, so I think that there just has to be that sort of initiative. And also it would be amazing if more actors who are in a power position stopped taking roles that were meant for or tell the stories of. Um, a good example of that is Darren Chris um, played, he's played, he, got famous playing gay men. He is not a gay man. And he said he's not going to be playing a gay man anymore. Not to say that he did not do an amazing job. I mean, hello, who didn't love Glee? <laughs> um, mm -hmm. You know, him and the Versace story, incredible, great. Uh, but he's like, I, I, I think I'm going to stop taking, I'm going to stop taking those roles. Um, there, you know, there was uh, Central Park, the original character, the little, um, the little black girl on that was voiced by a white actress. And she said, you know what? I, I don't, I don't feel that that's comfortable after after season one. She's like, I think that this should be um, voiced by a black actress, and she stepped down. She made that decision, and then uh, now is that is given to a, a person of color, and those sort of things you have to, you know, the the call has to come from inside the house because we can only do so much with our cameras and our YouTubes and our you know things like that, and we can you know, shout to the rafters and we can boycott and things like that. And we should, we should speak with our wallets, but it has to come from the people who are making the decisions. Exactly.
Yeah. So we can only do so much. That's that's very true. So, David, our last question for you is, what legacy do you want to leave in film and television? Uh, legacy do I want to leave? You know, I just want to leave a, a legacy of love. I think in just in general, I am a person who is, my husband calls me chronically happy. I'm always happy. Um, and I have so much love to give. And I would love to... Spread that and show that throughout my work, and and even if I'm not playing roles that are loving, um, again killers, uh, I would love that if I that the the energy and the um, ideas that I bring to set and that I bring to characters are that of love, and that's another reason why I really loved. Um, marriage of Inconvenience so much because at its core, Marriage of Inconvenience is a love story. These two people found love and <laughs> Rihanna, they found love in a hopeless place. They found love in a very <laughs> unlikely place. These two people did not expect to like each other. In fact, they really did not like each other. They hated each other. And, you know, through that, you know, this sort of bond happens and it just kind of fortifies and drives home the idea that no matter where you go, you can find love. And, and it, sometimes it's in the least likely of places. And so um, just being able to put that out there and continue to share, you know, stories of love. And luckily, um, you know, with this, they're already, it's not, it's not written in stone yet, but I know that the creatives are already working on a season two and, um, it already is so funny, and this and there's so much more love that is happening. I can't I can't give away too much, but um, yeah, the legacy of love and the fact that season one was crowdfunded. This was like the people in the LGBTQ community saw this, loved this, and put their money where their mouth is, and helped this. You know, their love of this helped it uh, come to fruition, and that is just like I said. So that sort of like love and just. Um, positivity is incredible and I just am so happy to be a part of it and I hope that that shows well all right that's a great way to end our uh episode David can you tell everybody where they can find you all over social media oh yes uh you can find me on social media all the platforms are at David Singletary that's at D-A-B-I-D-S-I-N-G-L-E-T-A-R-Y. It's like the word single and then T-A-R-Y, not single, Mary. Um, that's, <laughs> don't trip, he's crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, so you can find me on, you know, Instagram. Um, also, uh, Hubby and I, if, you're, if you like travel, Hubby and I have a, uh, a travel vlog called Booze Cruise. It's not because we're alcoholics. We do like a cocktail, but it's because we uh, <laughs> uh, our viewers are our booze. So um, it's B-O-O-S-C-R-U-I-Z, not S-E. Um, so yeah, you'll see us go all over the world and uh, we take you with us. So yeah, check me out. David, David Singletary, again, I love talking to you guys. Find me on Instagram. We can chat. Excellent. And uh, once again, Marriage of Inconvenience, it drops April 6th. Uh, what platforms is it going to be on? 
April 6th is going to be on Deku. That's D-E-K-K-O-O. Um, that is basically like a gay uh, streaming. It's kind of like a gay Netflix, but it is also an add-on for Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can also find it as well. Um, so yeah, Deku.com, but also on uh, Amazon Prime. So we're all over the place. If you have awesome. Roku or uh, you know Amazon Fire Stick, you got us. And you Excellent. know, plus, do have Roku nowadays when you get a TV? Yes, that's right. All Cut right. that cord. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cut the cord, but then all of a sudden, these streaming services. Now you got you got the cable again. So very that, very that. Uh, I'm like, I need the cable live stream. They're like, see me? You want cable? I'm like, don't sh shut up. <laughs> I, I remember, I mean, you know what? I'm not going to get into that because we can be here another hour talking about uh, uh, cable. <laughs> but you can find us on social media. We are at Megan Sheen One. If you want to follow our personal Twitters, I'm at What Porters Say, Richard's at Wonderman Five. You can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Victor, is there anything else before we get up on out of here? No, I just want to say, you know, David, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And I hope y'all check out his show. Um, and, you know, Amazon Prime, you can't go wrong with that. Most of us got it. So check it out. Look for it. I can't wait to hear more about it. And again, thank you so much for joining us, David. Of course. Thank you guys so much. See you soon. Bye. Bye.